0: Mm -hmm. Are you sure you're ready Mm -hmm. to meet a new person and not hold that person or not hold that person responsible or treat that person as if he is the abuser or the unhealthy ex? Because that's the work. Mm-hmm. I got to do the work internally. I got to rid myself of some past behaviors. Yes. If I had a history of attracting abusers or, or anything like that, I got to work on what was happening for me. This is not victim blaming. Mm-hmm. This is about what is it that, you know, what do I need to work on that I would find that to be attractive or that I would want to be in that situation for any length of time. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Learn to love yourself learn to like yourself because then you won't find yourself desperate to be connected to someone else because you'll say look if I find somebody that's great if I don't I can rock out by myself because I like me you know because when we don't like ourselves oh we looking for somebody we are looking for somebody to validate oh, us and make us feel good about ourselves oh you're you look yeah. you gonna find somebody
1: you gonna find somebody no, you definitely somebody. gonna find somebody absolutely exactly. hey y'all welcome back to boundaries and Grace. It's the season that was a bit much. Let me start over. Hey y'all, welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler, and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you have come upon the season finale. How was that? <laughs> Ooh, I'm complaining about editing these podcasts, but at the same time, clearly there's something about it that I just love. I just really do. Speaking of love, I love Dr. Dawn. Dr. Dawn is the guest today. She's a trauma therapist. Some of you have heard heard her on the, fir- the first time around. This is her second time here, and I'm just so... I'm not even gonna really talk about what we're gonna talk. Okay, let me give you the quick overview. We're gonna talk about some anxiety and COVID. We're gonna talk about how to get back out there for, uh, for if you want to enter into a healthy relationship. Uh, we're gonna talk about a lot of things. Okay. Um. I am so glad to be sharing Dr. Don with you. The wisdom is. Just off the charts, I just love I you know Dr. Don is older than me. Dr. Don is okay, let's go ahead and start with that. She's older than me, okay. she's been in practice for about long. I've been alive. and the wisdom that I gain from her and the the love that I have for this woman, I just am so grateful for her. I'm so grateful to be able to share her wisdom with her, but but that other part of it is so special to me too, that I get to share this piece of our relationship with y'all. And that we are connected in this way. And then I get that we get to then give the the all of that chemistry to you and all of that combined perspective to you. I'm just so grateful for it. I can't think of a better person to end this season with. I'm so happy. (laughs) I am so happy to know that so many people are going to hear this episode and get so much out of it. I'm grateful. Dr. Don. thank you. I hope you all enjoy the episode. I know that you will. I'll see you in the middle and I'll see you at the end. It's the end of the season. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners?
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Dawn Gallette-Crawson. I am a licensed psychologist and certified trauma therapist. been in the field for over 28 years, um, and I currently have a nonprofit, two nonprofits, well, a nonprofit umbrella where there's two major programs under there, the, a trauma recovery center and an intensive in-home family-based uh, service that provides trauma as well. Trauma services as well. And I also run an outpatient office, Petra Psychological Services, um, with uh, three therapists, including myself. And we I focus primarily in the outpatient on trauma. But we do um, treat the full gamut of mental health.
1: Oh, that was just so... <laughs> Already... There's just the full gamut, the full gamut. That was, I like that. I like the way that, that sounds. So the trauma center, the trauma center. We talk about trauma all the time. The last time that we got to hear from you, we did an episode on trauma, like the nature of it, what is it, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. what is what what is the mission of the trauma center? And uh, let's just start there. What's the mission of the trauma center?
0: Wow. So I feel like th- I love, I love the model that we follow. So we follow the Trauma Recovery Center model on mm-hmm. that model. It's about 15, maybe 15 years old. Um, so the mission is to treat, uh, to treat the most harm, you know, because we recognize that the most harm are the least helped. And so one of our biggest missions or our sole mission is to remove the barriers to care and, um, transform services for survivors of violent crime because You know, one of the things that happens as a result, you know, unfortunately, those who experience the most violent crimes tend to be in the most impoverished areas. They tend to be people of color, African-American, Hispanics, and the like. And so there's so many barriers in place for that keeps um, people from seeking services. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. so many barriers. And so the Trauma Recovery Center model, our trauma center focuses on removing those barriers, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, making sure that we help those that are harmed the most. Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. What's the best thing going on there right now?
0: I would say the best thing is the staff, you know, like um, the staff and uh, and and seeing the clients transform, come in as victims and leave as survivors. I guess, just so powerful um, with the models that we use, the modalities, which are all empirically evidence-based. Mm-hmm. So I would say seeing the, the clients do the transformation right before your eyes, is just amazing. Mm-hmm. But also I have a wonderful, wonderful group of people that work for me. Um, my assistant clinical director, my clinical director, absolutely amazing. Uh, smart as whips, uh, finishing up their PhDs. And just have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things are the best thing. Now, my staff, when I asked them, I said, you hey, know, I'm doing a podcast. What do you guys think is the best thing about the trauma center? Mm-hmm. And they said they love the, 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 again, helping people, but in the transformation of the of the, of the um, survivors, mm-hmm. but also the flexibility. Like we, we have, we don't micromanage at the trauma center. We um, we allow you to kind of build your own schedule Around the client's needs Around your own personal needs But also understanding that Because we don't micromanage You know, you need to be able to produce What you need to produce Mm -hmm. When it's time to look at those measurables So like Mm -hmm. if you're not in the office on Wednesday I ain't going to argue with you I don't even care I might not even notice But if I need a report by Friday Mm -hmm. and you look at me and say, you don't have it done, then I'm asking some questions Mm -hmm. because you wasn't here on Wednesday or, you know, whatever day. Mm -hmm. So I I think they love that. And so a couple of my staff have their own businesses because of the flexibility of working with us. Mm -hmm.
1: That's really nice. And did you, I don't think you mentioned where, where you are. Did you say where you are?
0: No, we're local. We're, we are located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the central PA center for trauma and healing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The trauma center is, and, and, uh, Holla is located. That's the umbrella. Harrisburg Area Learning Academy is the umbrella, which the trauma center falls under, as well as some other programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are the first trauma recovery center in all of Pennsylvania, though.
1: That is amazing. I don't think I knew that. Thank la- you. I don't think I knew that last fact. I don't think I knew that last fact. I don't think I knew that last fact. Yeah,
0: right? I just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say we. Um, we are not the, I don't think we're the first trauma center because they have other trauma centers throughout PA. You know, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, my hometown, has trauma centers. But so we are the first trauma recovery center, which, mm-hmm. which follows that specific model. Mm-hmm. And we're 34th in the nation, but number one, the first one in Pennsylvania.
1: Amazing. Very good. It's something that you... um Something that you said already, and it's not, wasn't even what you said. It's how you do it. You know how I like to just be picking up some things that you be saying, Doctor Don. Yeah, yeah. You know how I love. I just love talking to you so much. Y'all don't know listeners. Just excuse me, Dr. Don. Excuse me. Dr. Don. Let me let me tell them. Okay. yeah uh, before we even get got on this call, me and Dr. Don do a different kind of download. Okay. A different kind of download. We get into some of the professional stuff and some personal stuff too, oftentimes. And um and sometimes have calls outside of the professional stuff kind of together. And I mm-hmm. really just like um so admire you appreciate you i really um i really treasure the relationship that we've been able to build over this over this time it's been really nice for thank
0: you thank you me too you know i call you my instagram bestie taylor was one of my first people i followed on instagram and one of the ones that actually i reached out to about her content and um even though I'm older than her, she is a to me a mentor on 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 social media for me in terms of breaking some uncomfortable breaking through some comfortable uncomfortable places for me in terms of social media. So like I'll be like, well, Taylor's doing this, let me try it, or Taylor did that, let me try it, and so I I, I really model a lot of my next steps on social media um, behind her and I ask questions. So I'm so grateful for you as well, because even though I'm an old head, you know, we're never too old to learn, you know, and I feel like um, you're my mentor on social media in terms of just presentation, content, um, directness. Um, I love your content. I think you're uh, an okay. undercover comedian, but that's another <laughs> podcast episode. Okay. Have you crack it up? <laughs>
1: um this goes, what I was before I went into before I went into my um my award speech for you Dr. Don what I was going to say I, I, tried, I was like wait a second let me pause and just talk about you for a second but it's what I was going to highlight is that it's sort of like what you're saying now which I so appreciate and thank you for what you said but what you were saying about when you started talking about your staff something that you do really well And that is really comforting is that you loop people in like you, you really like um, it's just so clear that you value what other, what people have to say. And considering like that, I like, I like I always, I refer people to you all the time, I'm always sending. I'm sending out the episode, not the episode. This is another episode that I'm sure I'll be sending out. Um, I refer you. people to your stuff all the time, but like, so for you to be like, well, you know, I have an idea of what the best thing is going on, but before I even get on the podcast, let me ask the people who I work with what they think, and that is like, it's something that you just do so naturally that it, you just do it. But I'm like, oh wow. Like, that's actually something that (laughs) most people would just be like, well, Taylor asked me. So I'm going to say what my thing is (laughs) like. And that's that's how most people take that kind of question. But so you doing that is just so natural, which so in the work of trauma, working with people with trauma recovery, that um i don't know if i could call it a quality or like a Mm -hmm. like a um the word that comes to my mind is like an orientation like a mindset like a worldview like a value something like that like in that ballpark that kind of thing to be like okay I really value and care about your perspective and your experience. You just do that across the board. And so the fact that you're working with trauma recovery, that's like exactly what somebody needs It's like someone who's mm. like, what happened to me? How did I perceive and experience it? So before we go on to the right. next question, I just want to know like what comments or things you want to say about that part?
0: I think uh, one of the questions you asked is going to kind of tap into that, but mm. I think it's important because our experiences are relative. Right. So like you and I can experience the same exact thing you walk away with one take and I'm going to walk away with another take. And Mm -hmm. it's not about right or wrong. It's just point of view. It's perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. and respecting other people's perspectives, whether we agree with it or not, Mm -hmm. is important. Like, I'm not, I don't agree with everyone's perspective and I don't expect everybody to agree with my perspective. Mm -hmm. Though it would be nice. It doesn't happen often, right? Mm -hmm. But it's about respecting it. Okay, so that's how you saw it. I'm mindful of that. And I'll take those things into consideration. Now, here's how I saw it, you know. So I think that's important in any situation.
1: always talking about oh not always but often non-defensiveness comes up in these kinds of conversations so that is just like yeah. the the that 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 position of non-defensiveness that position of another word I think for that is humility where we're like okay I can value yeah. you, I can value my perspective and I value yours doesn't mean that and I it matters yeah. and
0: yours matter right and it matters your perspective matters yeah. whether I agree with it or not it matters yeah
1: Oh, this is all. Awesome. This is so good. We're only ten minutes in. We're still in the single digits. Okay, so let's 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 do this. Let's do this. Can you? We COVID. We're talking about COVID a little bit right now. Um, COVID has been. None of us really know if we are. If it's accurate to say that COVID is happening if it's over if it's but we know the at this point it's interesting how like the, that kind of word like the end of COVID like we've kind of just yeah there's not really that we just are sort of like living in it just relating to it differently mm-hmm. as we go and so um which is so interesting because that mm-hmm. is literally like that's trauma so um, yeah, yeah. can you give us, but, but if we want to frame it, if in the context of COVID, can you give us a few points about the trauma of COVID that we're experiencing as a world right now um, and how someone might recognize some signs of distress in themselves as it relates to the trauma of COVID?
0: Right, right. So, you know, when you think about a surprise, like a surprise birthday party or a surprise gift from your, your spouse or mate, your partner. Says I have a surprise for you, we have like a happy anticipation of something, right? Mm -hmm. And some of us don't like surprises. And oftentimes that's because surprises, you know, were not what we thought they were going to be. They weren't pleasant, right? But a lot of us do like surprises, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about COVID, I, I, I point that out because COVID, you didn't know what to expect. So every day it was a surprise and it wasn't mm-hmm. really good stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So each day you hear a higher death toll each time, each week you may hear a, um, different variant, um, more contagious variant a more death, uh, more, um, a more de- uh, deadly variant, or you may even hear something to the effect of, you know, one person is doing, you know, got COVID, had minimum symptoms, the next person got COVID and died. So there was a lot of unexpectedness, and it wasn't a happy surprise. It wasn't, it wasn't a happy anticipation of good. It was more like, Lord Jesus, you know, what I'm saying, "What is? What are we going to wake up to tomorrow? Country shutting down, cities shutting down, people um dying of numbers. The death toll numbers were ridiculous, and you know, of course, we had news coverage of it." We're all stuck in the house, so we're looking at screens more. And of course, that looking at screens more, we're going to see more about the COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you made an intentional effort not to. Mm-hmm. And so I think just that anticipation of not knowing what to expect. Am I going to get it? If I get it, am I going to survive? Mm-hmm. Is my loved one going to get it? If they get it, are they going to survive? Mm-hmm. Someone getting it and dying within 24 hours. We had an aunt that went into the hospital just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. with COVID and died that night, you know, and, you know, vaccinated and everything, you know, so so it's, it's just the unexpected. Managing the unexpected and not in a way you know, the unexpected result could really be death. And so mm-hmm. I definitely Think that that increased a lot of uh, trauma responses in people. You know, if you had a history of past trauma, um, it could trigger some things from the past that you thought may have been resolved, and you find yourself re- having trauma responses uh, that that you gathered as a child. You may be having them now and as, as a result of COVID nineteen. I had um, clients who had a history of trauma that were functioning well, started to have nightmares. Mm-hmm. You know, of um, death and dying, mm-hmm. panic attacks. Um, extreme anxiety, isolation, Mm -hmm. withdrawal, Uh, And and, you know, we were already isolated and we were already, you know, had to be isolated, but there's a difference between isolation and then withdrawing. There's a difference between quarantine and, and then withdrawing, you know, not maintaining contact. So there was a lot of trauma responses, not to mention, uh, those who had the outlet of going to work or going to school now being trapped in a home with their abuser. Mm -hmm. So now you have no, so you don't even have an outlet. Like, so if your, if your parent was physically abusive, you go to school, you have lunch, you have dinner, you, I mean, you know, you have lunch, you have school, you have class, and you go back home, at least you get six to eight hours outside of the home with no abuse right? Mm-hmm. And an opportunity to either be saved or it or report the abuse and be saved. Mm-hmm. But when COVID hit, we had people stuck in the home 24 hours with mm-hmm. their spouse, their mate, their mother, their father, whoever their perpetrator were, yeah. right? So, um, that increased a lot of trauma incidences, but mm-hmm. the decrease in trauma calls and reports of trauma decreased. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, the, 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 the reports of trauma decreased mm-hmm. while the incidence of trauma increased. Right. And we believe that was because we're stuck a home with a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I can't, I have no privacy. I can't make the call, you know, mm-hmm. um, because often times with physical sexual abuse, domestic violence, there's a huge level of control, mm-hmm. right? So any room you're in, they're listening, they may be following you, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So, that's my take on the trauma piece. I, I don't know if I answered everything.
1: Yeah, well, you know that you have. You know you have, Doctor Don. Um, first, like I think there's
0: one part though. You said uh, a distress, right? Signs of distress. I, heard, I, I don't know I if heard I, heard I said some I, of the
1: things I heard. I heard like withdraw, her isolation. But what are some other things? Like maybe some anxiety, some anxiety manifestations. Like if it, what else? What else you want to tell us about it?
0: I definitely the. Um, I would say anything that's outside of the norm of your usual functioning. So if you're a person Mm -hmm. that's pretty much introverted anyway, then you know, so, you know, and you find yourself really wanting to be by yourself. I don't know that 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 would count because you're already introvert and you like being by yourself anyway, right? but let's say you're someone who um is a um ambivert like myself that you know loves people but also needs that that quiet time, mm-hmm. if you find yourself um now becoming a total introvert, completely isolating, avoiding phone calls, um staying in one room, um not getting dressed things that wouldn't you would find to be abnormal for yourself because it is relative. Right. It is relative. But I would say that you are definitely experiencing signs of distress and you may wanna um think about seeking out additional support so that you can get back to pre COVID functioning. Mm-hmm. You know, like what how was I before the COVID mm-hmm. in terms of um my best self? How was I? Was I outgoing? Did I enjoy activities? Did I enjoy XY and Z? If I found myself now not doing those things, not enjoying those things, um, then I would say that there's signs of distress there
1: good 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 so one way that we can kind of track that is by look people know work with me you know you you about to be journaling you about to be writing some stuff down <laughs> every day and so for right, some people right, if right. you're listening to this and you're like well I don't not really sure if that's me and which is common because this is going to be such like a slow descent into the, to the bottom Um, sometimes we really can like lose track of ourselves and so journaling is a really good way of um, keeping track of yourself um, and allowing yourself to like free flow those those thoughts and feelings that you might not be registering on a conscious level Um, and then going back and if that is something that you're interested in kind of tracking yourself go back after a couple I don't know three four days go back at the end of the week choose a day go back I wouldn't go more than a week of journal entries just go back and and revisit and read it and then register you're then witnessing yourself and able to observe yourself and make some more objective decisions about like hmm that sounds like depression hmm that that sounds sort of right ner- like nervousness what's that about and that allows you to witness yourself and to see it as if you were um as if someone else was telling you about the things that you are the you are actually experiencing
0: yeah. And, and, and think of it in terms of maladaptive behaviors, because there have been some people <clears throat> that during COVID really became more connected with themselves mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of journaling and, ha- and in establishing and developing some really healthy routines. Right. And so when I say pre-COVID functioning, think about it in terms of pre-functioning COVID that was healthy, not pre-functioning. I'm sorry, pre-functioning COVID, yes, that was healthy, not the maladaptive behaviors. Because if you if you had like some things that were unhealthy that now have gotten better because you had time to reconnect with yourself, then that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. But if you find it on the flip side, like, you know, you know, I have a lot of clients who gained a significant amount of weight during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with just not being able to get out and be active, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things they started to self-medicate with because of the anxiety was food, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Food, right? And so that you know, so getting back to pre-COVID functioning is like finding replacement, healthy replacement behaviors, and really tapping into what's happened, what's happening for you during that time that you felt like you needed to self-soothe in that manner. Mm-hmm. So you know, just being mindful that you know we're looking at maladaptive behaviors that we've we've adopted over this time period, not not healthy routines.
1: Good, 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 good. Good to see, see, you know, I love, you know, I keep saying I love talking to you because the way that I talk about attachment styles, the way you talk about trauma and you can just like, you can just run it down. It's just so fluid. I feel, yep. like, we, I feel like we're going hundred miles per hour and I'm like, I'm pumped. Um, yep. But there is, there, there yeah. are two things though that are on my mind. Um, so, hmm. one of the things that I want to make sure, let me make sure I have my thought correct. Let me make sure I have my thoughts on correct one. Mm-hmm. I think actually I'm it's- I'm not just...
0: y'all. <laughs> I love her. I love it because she, like, you just, you know, one of the things that I loved about you the most, listen to your podcast. Like, when I first started my podcast, and and, and when we hang up from this, um, from the, when we stop recording, remind me to tell you this, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I first started my podcast, I wanted, I wanted to be fluid. I didn't want to take, it wasn't natural because I was so worried about, you know, making sure I kept talking and had my points. And Mm -hmm. when I started listening to Taylor, Taylor would be like, let me take a drink of water. I like, I can't. We gotta breathe.
1: I'm stressed,
0: and I was be like, and it was, it was good. It was so good, and I would be in the car dying. I'm like, and it just gave me again mentor pieces. These are the things I took away as a mentee. I'm thinking like, see, you just gotta be natural. And I found it so much as time went on, and, and you listen to my episodes, episodes. They got so much more natural and fluid because mm. it was like you're human you have to drink yes. you have to breathe or Taylor would just be like look I'm getting a headache I'm getting overwhelmed <laughs> what episode she was like addiction. this was too much the addiction episode to, um... <laughs> I said shut
1: this thing down I'm Yep. I was that was very exhausting very exhausting
0: I, mean, I just I, loved I just loved the, the the transparency and the fluidity of it all
1: thank you thank you I appreciate that a lot um, because you and I talk so much about, um, this was the thing that, that was on my mind This because you and I talked so much about attachment and trauma, something, and this was part yeah. of our download at the beginning, uh, before we hit the record button, I said there were some things that I've had to readjust, um, as I've been growing this business. Right. And one of the things right. that I had have to become aware, have to be much more aware of, is that with this depth of knowledge that we have, it is so triggering for so many people. And we just talked, we just really, like, in 20 minutes, put a lot of, things. we talked about death, abuse, people being stuck with their abuser, a lot of things that you and I might hear. Oh, I remember the second thing, too. Let me make a note real quick, real quick, real quick um okay we're gonna come back to this note um we unloaded we unloaded so many things so please dr don before we go to this next point and the next question can you someone who might be listening to this who is stuck at home with their abuser who doesn't have the who, who doesn't recognize or does not see an opportunity or has not been presented one, with one um to get some help is there is there a resource? that you can share with people or whether they're stuck in the house or not? what Where can somebody go regardless of where they are in the country to reach out and tell somebody about what's up?
0: Every state has a crisis hotline. Every state has a crisis hotline. So if you're someone who has access to a screen, which I think a lot of us did, whether it was a phone or an old computer or somebody else's phone, I'll look up my state crisis hotline, and that could, and generally when you look that up, it'll have a list of other resources under there, So it's our prevention, domestic violence. It depends on the state and what they have available. Mm-hmm. But every state has a crisis hotline, and so I would definitely first Google, uh, look up on somebody's phone, whatever screen you have available, that line, and then try to make that contact through there when your abuser is at work or when you're, cause you know, things are different now. People are having more access outside than what they used to. Mm-hmm. And, but just try to make those calls. Some of those numbers have texting available yes, as well. Like yes. some of those websites will have that. So that's where I would start first, because mm-hmm. generally, if you make a con, what happens in Pennsylvania if you make a contact to the crisis line? Crisis have to send a police out if they know that it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get, you know, if you're saying, hey, I, I just want to talk, i the depressed. That's different. But if you're calling like I'm thinking about suicide, they will send out the right um, officials to your home almost immediately, especially in PA. And so that's what I would recommend um, because of our act. Up
1: the screen mm-hmm I agree so a lot of people don't know that you can text for help and while you were saying that I just looked up the number so real quick it's like seven four one seven four one that's a that's the crisis textline org text line seven four one seven four one it's 24-741. so there's that all right so um so let let me pull it okay oh the second thing y'all this the reason why i re, i refer referring people out y'all hear how she's talking about trauma and the nature of the, the the situations that dr don is talking about are not my specialty so this is the reason why i refer you all to professionals like dr don because the, the what i deal with is more about this next question that we're going to get into re, the relational trauma mm-hmm. part but there's so many mm-hmm. different types of trauma um that i do not i am not well versed in like in terms of like i'm not the number one recovery person for that and so that's why we want to go to the appropriate professional uh, for the appropriate thing so that you can get the appropriate help and that we can do it in like the most ethical way
0: versa, i do the same thing i I refer when i see an attachment issue attachment style coming out prevalent after even after treating trauma i'll be like hey you know like i I have a lot of parents that will um as a result of significant trauma now engage in a dismissal avoidant type style, right, mm-hmm. yes, towards yes, their yes. children, towards their yes, children, yes, right? Yes, and, 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 and and like Taylor pointed out in one of her episodes, it's this increasing number of women now that are um, dismissive avoidant where we tend to be looked at as anxious avoidant, right? Um, a lot of us, because of pain, because of hurt, because of, you know, just trying to protect ourselves, we, we have this anxious uh, dismissive avoiding thing going on, right? And so I will say, after trauma, I'm like, hey, after our, our treatment, I'm like, listen, this is the Attachment whisperer, right here. Like I took her course, I took her group, yes, and um, I've been missing her, her. Yeah, I took the group reattached, and I've been missing her like reunion groups because of the, the days that it falls on. But I learned so much about my own attachment style as a result of some some things I experienced, and um, and how to use some of the stuff Taylor gave me in therapy. I am not an attachment therapist, but I'll throw out terms that she's given me, and then I'll say at the end of our treatment, I need you to think about reaching out to her she has a wait list but she does some phenomenal work and even if you can't get into her individual please take her group because it's so enlightening you know
1: thank you yeah see there is thank i just love this validation because there is there can be an order to this right like i and i tell so i tell people the thing in reverse i say go to dr don and then come on back so yeah, there is isn't yeah. there is a much more appropriate way or ethical way to go through this. Sometimes it's more attractive to think about attachment styles because it feels new and it feels exciting. And it's there's a yeah, book called yeah. Attached and all of this stuff. But um, we we just have to do it the right way. Like isn't like let's take yeah. let's take care of like those more primary more significant issues because ultimately if the unresolved trauma is not dealt with, then do the attachment stuff is just adding on to the processing work. Yep. So we, now we just got too much on the plate. So just wanted to make exactly. that point and I wanted to just highlight. Highlight that so that people can really see how this how this actually works together this isn't us putting anybody off on someone it's like okay no this is for your best most efficient um, route to get to what you want to get to what you want so thank you for that um Mm -hmm. you we talked about how um relation you talked about how domestic abuse cases went up but the calls went down i'm saying that right right am i saying that correct right Mm -hmm. okay um A lot of people had relational trauma before COVID. A lot of couples had significant issues during COVID, whether that was physical abuse, emotional abuse, even just like noticing emotional incompatibility and the pain of that incompatibility. So all kinds of stuff that that can be considered like relationally traumatic. Um, So a lot... So a lot of couples had a lot of issues. A lot of single people are experiencing anxiety because a lot because some people that were couples in COVID are now single people as we are in this COVID <laughs> t- March 2022. Right. I can't call it the end of COVID, right. or past it, but right. so some of them couples, y'all, y'all know who you are. You, you are no, you are no yep. longer coupled. You are single um, as a as maybe a result of experiencing some of this relational trauma, or you, you can even think of it as some other cases as relational, as some realization about your relationship whether you define it or whether it is trauma or not okay so Uh um, sometimes Uh I mean I would even argue that the realization of who you're with is who they are is a traumatic emotional Uh and mental experience Uh so a lot Uh of single people are experiencing anxiety about getting back out there at this time, okay. I mean, aside from like physical concerns, um, people are realizing like, you guys. You said you sitting in your house reading about binging this dang podcast, talking about oh gosh, there's yeah, dismissive yeah. avoidant people just right around the corner. You're stressed, <laughs> okay? So there's a lot of things that are stressful for people. Anxiety is going up. You're scared. You see, you realize that there are narcissists out here. There's all kinds of things. Going mm-hmm. on. Okay, right, so right. um, with with that being said, <laughs> do you have any tips? That, do you have any tips for those people who are hoping to enter into a healthy relationship in this strange time how can how can how can our single people how can my singles go back out there or in here where if you're inside and you're on the dating apps if I'm saying out there like but it was so so you right, might be right, right. or you might be inside doing the
0: dating right. um how can people right, go right. into
1: this more relaxed and hopeful
0: So one of the things I definitely got some tips, but one of the things that I, uh, I do some mentoring. One of the things I tell my mentees that want relationships, the first thing I would say is why, why do you want a relationship? Now, now that is not, I've been married for 28 years, so I'm not against relationships. Right. I'm not, I'm not at all, but I'm asking what is the motive? Because if the motive is to, um, you know, be in a relationship, enjoy one another, eventually have a family and all those types of things. That's great. But if it's, I'm lonely you know or um i feel like i'm not complete well you're already stepping out into some bad territory because now you're you're <coughs> having this expectation for this oh, person to fulfill your loneliness and to make you complete
1: i knew this was going to be good but i didn't know it was going to be this good and it just gets better and better yeah as we move closer to the end um we are going to pause here if you are getting something out of this episode, you know what time it is. It's it's offering time in the sanctuary, in the Boundaries and Grace sanctuary, okay, where we pass around the offering bucket. And if you are getting something out of it and you want to give back to it, um, please, I, there's a cash app. It's dollar sign Taychand, T-A-Y-C-H-A-N-D. It's linked below. There's also a PayPal donation link. That link is in my bio and on Instagram at I am Taylor Chandler. It is also in the show notes below. Okay, so I really appreciate all of you who have already given in some way. Um, thank you so much. Another way to give is written reviews. So if you have not given a written review, now is a great time to do it. It is, how about a season finale gift? You know, I don't ask for much. How about that? How about some I've been asking for stars I've been asking for a sentence or two I, And I asked for five dollars I'm, I'm asking a matter of fact Let me get bold And ask for all three Hello Is there somebody Is there somebody in the room Okay That's got a star Not a star Lord Five stars Be specific when you start asking for things Five stars for me Got two sentences for me okay and it has ten dollars for me is there somebody in the room lord thank you so much y'all for for those of you that have given and i thank you for those of you who are thinking about it oh let me talk to you for a second i'm feeling oh i'm just liking this i'm uh, when i listened to this episode y'all was like i was listening to it for the first time i got so much out of it i was laughing right along with us all right anyway I w- I'm thinking about y'all who are thinking about it Who have been tuning in And you have some feelings about giving back And you're not sure How's Taylor really using the money And all these kinds of things are, are going through your mind I'm thinking about you And I'm hoping for you And I'm hoping for you I'm hoping for not for your money I'm hoping just for you as an individual Okay And that the binds of stress And the binds of fear and suspicion And a skeptical heart That it releases I'm talking to somebody, Lord. Thank you um, Alright y'all, let's get back to the episode
0: Right, or I'm not, or I, I'm I'm a certain age. I should be married by a certain age. Mm. So I'm, i you know, I want to, you know, all these other reasons, you know, that you're looking for a relationship versus um it happening organically. Then that, then, then you're going to have a problem because you have you have this expectation set up. The person that you're meeting is not like you're walking up to the person, and be like, hi, my name is gone I'm lonely. I expect for you to fulfill that, and I need you to make me complete. Plus, I need to be married by thirty because that person's going to go the other way. Right. So you're not even coming. You're not even showing up authentic. So yeah, the first. She's still coming with that kind of energy.
1: You're still coming with that energy, regardless of whether you said it or not.
0: Yeah. And they're not going to say it. You know, we bring our A game when we date. You know, Why, so Why did I say regardless? Why did I say regardless? Thanks for the catch. <laughs> you're not going to say it, right? Uh-huh. So, they, you know, they're they going to show up. You're going to bring your A game and you're going to say, I'm just, you know, I had so many of my uh, clients, men and women, mostly a lot of times my women will say this. I'm just, you know, I'm just looking for if we could be friends first. You, you ain't looking for no friend. Cut that out. You're lying. You're not being <laughs> authentic. You're not being <laughs> she genuine. Said you you, lying. Stop she said, You're lying. you disingenuous. Go back to square one yeah. and try yeah. again. I love this lady again so i think the first thing you got to ask yourself is uh, why do i want the relationship first thing second thing is do the work before you go out and i tell my clients i got a buzzer sound now i got a buzzer
1: you hear that i want to be oh i'm just looking for a friend Uh, try again tell the truth I tell
0: guess. the truth <laughs> alright go ahead Dr. Don excuse me yeah tell the truth tell the truth and the second thing is do the work do the work before mm. you get into the relationship yeah. because so many times and I, and I swear I'll have my clients after they do sexual trauma work and, and, they're, and they and they came out well and did well and now you know they're ready but it's still some areas like for instance attachment right mm. that might need to be worked on and, and they're looking for a relationship I'm like you are not relationship material I know that sounds Harsh, and I, I know that sounds harsh, but right now you really me. aren't relationship material. Like you're just not. Yes. You 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 have a hard time being alone. You have cold, you just came out and of you know, a relationship. Let me let me pause you because you know y'all know Dr. Don's from Philly,
1: and y'all y'all you from Philly. You know she direct. You know she knows she's talking about. Let me pause here, Doctor Don, because I know people gonna be hearing this. Oh, God! Oh, oh, clutching pearls. Okay, clutching pearls. So I want to pause here, and this is a just, just a little. Let's just all let's just recenter because you know we, Doctor Don, we're about to go off in a rocket ship, forget forgetting everybody right. else. Okay, so let's just yeah, remember. Right. Let's remember that, um, y'all. Sometimes sometimes a boundary like that like like in a reflection like that like saying hey i'm not ready for dating right now that's for example it might be a boundary before while i get my emotional or mental health together um and in a reflection like dr don a professional talent like observing and then reflecting to you honestly what it is that she's seeing and what the consequences might be if you do it anyway um that for like that's something that can be this is one of those like hard to digest moments okay um we're laughing because it's like it's not funny but we're just it's because of the way that we're able to kind of like go about talking about this in a non-emotional way but understanding that people hearing this might be relating to that and be like oh lord am i not, not relationship material and it's not meant to be um like a uh it might, it does sound negative, right? But it's not meant to be like a, um, like a, like a condemnation, like a, like a sentence, right, like you're, you're going to be single attack. forever, right? It's not meant to right. be an attack or an insult. Um, what it, what, what some of those, the reflections and those boundaries that we suggest, okay? Because also someone can suggest something and you do have the right to say, that's not me. I'm relationship material. Okay. You can have that. That's right, that's um, right. But sometimes some, some of the best things that we, that, that we get are those like truths that are hard to hear because it is. Um, the thing that is going to have the, because we in order for us to do something different, we do have to wake up and that is often with like a jolt of reality. So um, I just wanted to just go ahead and just kind of pause on that because I know how we do. And I just wanted to just note, just do a little aside to the listeners and that, you know, this is not, it's not a sentence of singleness forever. These reflections are, our hope is that you're able to use the information to your advantage to actually say, Oh great. Now I know exactly what I can work on or, Oh great. Now I can save time, energy, um, and all kinds of things by not going out and attaching to somebody before I'm ready. So that is our, that is our hope behind what we're saying right now. Okay. Can
0: I add, can I add, a little bit to that absolutely. before i finish that absolutely couple things it's not a judgment because honestly you know i when i got married when i look back now i wasn't relationship material at that time mm-hmm. because i had i was still dealing with the death of my parents and it was a traumatic event though at that time they didn't treat that as a traumatic event because they thought of it as grief we didn't know mm-hmm. about trauma like we do now mm-hmm. so i was being treated for grief and loss but it was really trauma you know mm-hmm. I had all kind of trauma responses mm-hmm. and so when I got married I wasn't relationship material it's a journey listeners it's a journey yes. so that it's not a judgment it's a journey it really is just a state that you may be in for that moment mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying it's not about this is who you are it isn't it's not about being a bad person it's not being a, a, you know saying that you're just never going to be a compatible mate to anyone it's just like in this moment if i'm honest with myself mm-hmm. am i in the space to be relationship material Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Am I ready? Am, am I ready to do that work? Right. Because a lot of times we want to do the work with the person right. instead of working on ourselves individually, mm-hmm. and, and and that and that's where the problem comes in. That now I'm, I thank mm-hmm. God for Jesus Christ and my relationship, my husband and our relationship with Christ, so that we were able to sustain 28 years. we tell all couples that we mentor or that's in our lives, we like before you make this step, you got to make sure your relationship material. And we both will admit because of how we were straight out of college, both of us will admit that. Back then, we were not relationship material. It's God's mm-hmm. grace that got us through. And God's grace may get you through as well. But she mm-hmm. asking Dr. Dawn for tips, and I'm going to just give you what I got, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's the one thing I want to say. And the yes. other thing is, if you hear it and say, well, that doesn't apply to me, mm-hmm. I am relationship material, then I would question you to ask yourself, what's the evidence? Mm-hmm. What is the evidence that I am oh, relationship I material? Because I have mm-hmm. so many clients that will tell me mm-hmm. they're relationship material, and I'm like, you have not then out of that abusive relationship for very long. It's only been like, let's say 30, 45 days, mm-hmm. two stories, right? Mm-hmm. Even out of this for 30, 45 days, um, you still are pining for your ex, mm-hmm. but you don't go back to him because you're in treatment and you realize that it was abusive. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you're ready mm-hmm. to meet a new person and not hold that person or not hold that person responsible or treat that person as if he is the abuser or the unhealthy ex? Mm-hmm. Because that's the work. Mm-hmm. I gotta do the work internally, I gotta rid myself of some past behaviors. If I had a history of attracting abusers or or anything like that, I got to work on what was happening for me. This is not victim blaming. Mm -hmm. This is about what is it that, you know, what do I need to work on that I would find that to be attractive or that I would want to be in that situation for any length of time. Mm -hmm. Do the work. Learn to love yourself learn to like yourself because then you won't find yourself desperate to be connected to someone else because you say look if i find somebody that's great if i don't i can rock out by myself because i like me you know because when we don't like ourselves are oh, we looking for somebody we are looking for somebody to oh, validate us and make us feel good about ourselves are you look, you yeah. gonna find somebody
1: you gonna find somebody no, you're you definitely somebody. gonna find somebody absolutely exactly
0: Exactly. Absolutely. So again, it's not about victim blaming, but do your internal work yes. and start to examine some of your past beha- patterns and behaviors in past relationships and make sure you, you're you managing them well or you're aware of them. It's not about um, being completely healed before we get into a relationship, but it would be great if we are on that journey and we've made some strides yes. so that we are not fa- falling prey to unhealthy um, behavior. Then the last few I have is yes. just ask the tough question and watch for corresponding behavior. You know, when, we are, when we're dating, we bring our A game. But ask the tough questions. Ask the tough questions. Ask about, I have clients say, um, I found out my boyfriend of uh, five years was married once. Did you ever ask before you started dating? Like, ask the tough questions. You know, mm-hmm. ask whatever those tough questions are for you. It's a relative. And then watch for the corresponding behavior. Does it line up? Are you in a significant relationship with somebody? No, I'm not. But every time you try to reach out or, you know, you notice that his behavior is kind of shady or her behavior is shady and it kind to indicate there may be another significant person, or they're never around for any significant holidays, but they say that you are the only one. You know those. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If that behavior don't line with what, he, what, he, what he's saying, mm-hmm. then then that's a problem. Or what she's mm-hmm. saying, then um, then that's a problem. And last but not least, mm-hmm. take time to get to know one another. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a rush. Mm-hmm. You know, time can often allow for us to have a more comprehensive knowledge of the whole person. And can also, what my mother used to say, let the tail fall out. So if I spend enough time with this person and get to, (laughs) that's what my mom used to say, let the tail fall out. Because if I jump in a relationship with you quickly, I haven't had enough time to see all sides of you. You know, I really, you know, because, and then if it's physical, if there's any physicality there, you already know, we blinded by the physicality oftentimes, right? Whatever, uh, how that person may make us feel physically. So we, the person can have a horn in the middle of their head. If we like the way they make us feel physically, we like, I like that horn, I hang my coat on it, you know? But, and so, (laughs) we find excuses, girl. So, (laughs) time to get to know the person that's so that you can fully work. see yeah, it's my code hook. we that make it we so make a few, so we can fully know each other and and, and allow yeah. ourselves to see all aspects of ourselves yeah. and not try to rush this thing Space so that's what i got so that was good. a lot i that know y'all so
1: good that was so such that was so good of course but goodness gracious if there is one of the million things that i've learned in this in this whole thing with myself and then in the work is the, the, uh, space is so yeah. space is a gift when it is, well, yeah. it can be, it, you know, you learn how to well balance it well with the other things, but like space is so good. So in getting to know yeah. someone, space is your friend, time and space. Time spent and time away. <laughs> space together. Yep. And space I know apart. we I
0: know when we like each other we wanna just be around each other all the time, but it really isn't healthy and it doesn't allow us to have a clean perspective of what's happening, you know?
1: Yep. Yep just look up be like oh 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 then you calling us which okay all right but you know let's just try to be aware the next time around we're going to be more mindful of the things and that's what you were saying in like the reflecting of okay you say that you're ready but like let's actually observe and see the evidence like are are our actions lined up with what we are saying that's a big part of the work that I do as well I think any good therapist we're, we're reconciling the gap between what you say is happening and then what is actually happening like let's just get really honest about it just Cause you, and Oh Lord. Well, let me not go down the road. Cause we're going we <laughs> <on all> <laughs> to, I, I felt it. I thought we about to go over another cliff. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. 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 That was really good. Thank you for that. All right. So I'm going to change this last question a bit and we're going to talk about sure. one misconception rather than two. Yes, the last time we, um, we talked about misconceptions about trauma. The last time we heard from you, which was last season, I think four or five, Um, but Mm -hmm. it is so important that we keep dispelling these myths about trauma and what it is and how it's resolved and all kinds of stuff. So I would like to do that again. What is one common misconception you'd like to highlight today that you can help us understand better Can just help to start at least start to dispel it in some people's minds?
0: I hear this a lot, especially from African American, Hispanic folk. Um, but I, I hear it across my clients across the board, but definitely from my people, my brown people mm-hmm. is what's the point of going to therapy or what's the point of dealing with the trauma because it's not going to change what happened. Mm-hmm. And and basically, when I dig further or deeper into that, they're looking. You know, they're talking about you know it won't change like the symptoms as well as the fact that it happened right. And um, <clears throat> so one of the things, the misconception I want to point out is that, you know, trauma symptoms can get better. And in some cases, they can even go away. You know, and I know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of debate or not debate or a lot of conversation around healing being a journey and not a destination. Uh And I totally Uh agree. But I think think it really is relative as well. There are some people, I have clients that, Completely are like great, like pre-trauma functioning. Great. Yes. You know, like they have, they the trauma didn't go away. Of course, you can't take away what has happened, but it no longer impacts their life in the same manner that it did. When, you know, at one point where they were like their whole, their whole entire being was defined by the trauma. Now they look at trauma as being something that happened to me. It was unfortunate. It wasn't great, but it doesn't dictate my life. I'm not defined by that anymore, you know? And so I think that that's really important to point out is that they're, you know, trauma symptoms can get better and they can go away in some cases. And the, and, and my clients that the symptoms don't go away, they're much more manageable, as I just pointed out, and they don't find themselves defined by it anymore. They're not being identified by the tra- trauma, but they have a whole new life, They have a different aspect. They're looking at relationships in a much more healthier manner because one of the things that trauma treatment does specifically is look at how the trauma has impacted you and your day-to-day functioning, your relationships, your jobs, your outlook, your perspective, your physical health, right? So the goal of the trauma therapist isn't to make the trauma event go away, mm-hmm. but it's more about having the trauma not be your defining life, um activity or life piece versus yes. it's just a part of what has happened to me yes. yes so a part of you know my life journey
1: right okay that was such a good one to highlight I hear that sometimes as well I especially hear it from men that is I mean yeah. that's like it's it's way imbalanced on the male side um with me so yeah. I get that a lot from what's the point what's happened? and then it's also a big um I think a communication barrier in a lot of heterosexual relationships, a lot of women hear that from men that they're with, like, why should I tell you about it if you can't do anything about it? Um, and that's so, and that, like you said, it's just not the, that the point is not to erase a date in time. It's not to erase the past. It is to realize how we are behaving out of that. And we're often unconscious of those things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think I said, I don't remember where, where it was, but it's like, you can be certain that if like some of these things like especially like that you've mentioned today for example if they've happened there is a really good chance I mean an incredibly high probability that you're experiencing some sort of symptoms that are manifesting in your life and so even if you don't know what to call it better to ask someone hey what's your opinion on it at least rather than just saying because I don't know what it is it's not there often it's just because Mm -hmm. we we don't have uh, we don't have language for it or experience with it And so it's just like, but it's just easier for so many to just say, well, it's not happening when the chances are when there are objectively traumatic events that you are experiencing some symptoms, you just might not realize it.
0: Well, you live with them for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, you just live with them for so long that you didn't realize it was a trauma response, you know? So definitely, I 100% agree with that
1: really good one to highlight this was just uh, it's packed it's packed so I don't have any other questions Um, I think this is a lot for people to (laughs) chew on and I know in our minds we're like this was the prelude honestly honestly this was like i feel like that yeah i feel like that was, it's like 45 minutes this is the intro to the to the things right. but i think it's going to give right, people right. a lot to think about um with, mm-hmm. with a with a, an episode like this like so honestly just all of them at this point all the episodes please take a moment y'all breathe yeah and write something like journal or something like mm-hmm. um in some way try to release some of this in some kind of way. Um, like if you're on the way to work, listening to this, and now you're thinking about all this stuff, which that's going to be a lot of people um, to give yourself a moment before you re-engage is okay. This is a part of like the, the, the healing things that yeah. you can do without yeah. even talking to one of us. Like you really can just like start with just honoring your physical reaction to some of this stuff or the zero mental, emotional reaction. Some people are going to hear this and they're going to cry. And then now you have to go pick up your kids from school. And part of the part of your process, just getting started today might just be saying, Oh, that was me. Oh, there is something here. And you don't necessarily need to know what to do or who you're going to do it with, but just to start with acknowledging it is such a big piece of this. So I think this is going to give a lot to work with. Um, I want to know if you can share with the people how they can reach you.
0: So I am on Instagram at Dr. Dawn on the real. So that's D-R-D-A-W-N-O-N-T-H-E-R-E-A-L. And I also have a podcast, Sanity Sessions for Sisters, Keeping It Together When You Want to Fall Apart, which um, will be being revamped over the summertime to actually deal with way more trauma impacts, responses, relations, relational, all those types of things, just kind of really niching in on trauma. Um, that will, You'll see that at the end of the spring and the beginning of the summertime. Um, I'm also on Facebook book at holla love h-a-l-a-l-o-b-e and we had a facebook group called um sane gang s-a-n-e-g-a-n-g so yeah that's that's how you get in contact with me great thank you
1: and i'm gonna link some things in the show notes so people will be able to just click it and go find you um y'all this is the kind of trauma therapist that you want okay um I've, i know there are some spaces that are like trauma uh like sp- they're literally called maybe spaces on the internet and stuff like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that can turn into dumping grounds of yeah. just endless processing. And so what I love about Dr. Don and why I feel so, so confident, whether it's sending somebody the po- your, your podcast, Sanity Sessions, or to the Instagram or to your site, regardless, is that I know that there is a solution coming. Yeah. And so yeah. this is the kind of trauma therapist you want who can... Um, empathize who has compassion for you, but also has boundaries and has some yeah. um, some clarity and and will not um, will not enable you to just keep going over the feedback loop. Um, the negative feedback loop, which is so easy to do when you have experienced these things. And especially, like you said, for so many cases for so long, and it just becomes the story and like our main narration. And so I just like that you're able to, like, meet somebody where they're at. And you're also and you you don't rush to the finish, but you always have an awareness of moving forward. And so that's just I mean, that's the kind of trauma therapist that you want, y'all. So thank you, thank you. so thank you. so so much for sharing everything today. I'll be sending this one out. Oh, people are gonna be sending going get. So I'll be sending this episode out just <laughs> like the other one. Um, so thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All in all, this was so beautiful. This was a beautiful episode. I thank you. This was a beautiful season. I thank you. There's some, something as we have gone through this, y'all, especially if you've listened to this thing from the beginning um, And you're up until this point or even if you were three seasons back You all you have witnessed these shifts, these shifts, these shifts And I know that some of you are feeling this bigger shift happening as we have gone through this season And so I'm excited to take this time away from the podcast Okay, We're going to be recording during this time, um, recording the whole season before you even hear Another episode. Okay. And so I'm gonna get all of that together for you so we can stay on track. We stay organized. We stay consistent over here. Amen. Yeah. Um and I'm excited for this time away from the podcast as as I get more training. I'm going to EFT training, emotionally focused therapy. So I'm gonna get that credential. Let yes. Yes. Um in a couple of weeks. That's exciting. Um I'm excited to just see to just let some things sit and sift and as people more people engage with the podcast I'm excited for you to come in okay I'm excited for you to come into this work um, in this time off make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you get the notifications when we come back okay uh, make sure you're following me on Instagram at I am Taylor Chandler okay so that you can see you know the updates and stuff links to everything are there and I, there's also a mailing list I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it okay but there's a mailing list there's an email list and if you go to my website I am Taylor you enter in your email on that very first page that's it and then I send out very very few emails y'all don't be sending all the I don't be sending out a bunch of stuff I send out emails when there's things um, for you to sign up for like the free workshops and free classes and things like that so you're gonna get on the email list so that you get those kinds of updates as they come Um, thanks for listening thanks for giving okay the links to the cash app and the paypal offering buckets are below thanks for being here and I will see you soon